This is an Eye on Annapolis special update. Joining us today on the phone is Sarah Ryan, and she is with CQ, which is the State Employees Credit Union. And she has a really super long title that probably starts on the front of the business card, wraps around to the back. But we're just going to call her the Head of Community Outreach. How are you today, Sarah? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today, John. Well, the reason that you're on the phone um, is not because we needed a new bank, not because we were looking for a credit union, um, but you put out an interesting email, actually, that caught my eye, talking about seven gifts for recent graduates, which certainly were in the middle of graduation season, um, for financial literacy. And I was very interested in that just because we're in such a weird time with this COVID pandemic and everything else. And it's really sort of thrown a whammy into the lives of college kids that are graduating and certainly high school seniors that are looking to go someplace else, you know, to go right into the job market. Yeah. So what we've learned um, through studies is that nearly two thirds of Americans can't pass a basic financial literacy test. So when you're combining that with the lack of knowledge of the reality we're facing right now and the uncertain financial market, along with high employment rates, we know this can be really overwhelming for graduates from high school or colleges. And we thought we would come up with a list of some tips of advice and gift ideas to help them get off on the right foot. Well, that's pretty smart. I mean, I know I as times change, it's hysterical. I had my child, and I'll throw her totally under the bus at this point, but I got a phone call one time saying, the stamp, it goes in the upper right corner. Because everything is like email now. Everything's electronic and texting. And I'm like, yes, that goes in the upper right corner. And I think there's a decided lack of just basic skills. How do you balance a checkbook? I mean, I I obviously haven't done it lately because everything's electronic, but you need to know how to do that. And certainly to get out in the world, what happens if you use your, your ATM card and you don't have the money? And that's some, those are these life skills that I think parents have dropped the ball in teaching their kids. And I think you know, I I think it could be useful in certainly school curriculums just to give them some basic finance tips. So CQ definitely saw the issue that you're mentioning. And we are very proud that through our foundation, we created reality fairs and finance fairs. So we've tried to give the students hands-on learning experiences and let them pick a job that they would like to have upon graduation and assign an income deducting taxes, showing them their net pay versus gross income, and then letting them go to different stations and decide if they should buy organic groceries or if they're going to get takeout every night, which is usually their preference. Mine too. (laughs) Chick-fil-A, right? Um, Or if they are going to bike to work if they can or buy that shiny new car versus the used car. Um, We all know the pressure from the salesman in the real world. So we try and mimic that when they're going through this experience. Um, Then we sit down with them at the end of the finance fair and actually go through if they've spent more than they brought in um, and stress the importance of creating a budget, sticking to it, and then truly deciding how they're evaluating their needs versus the wants that so many young adults have these days. That's true. Well, you said you said the finance fair. Where, when, and where, how? How does somebody get involved with that? Obviously, you're not having that this weekend. But unfortunately, no. But um, through 
CQ, you can request at one of our financial centers or our community outreach team that I'm a part of to have us come to your school. And in 2019, we did 11 of them impacting over 1,100 students across the state. Many of them were in Anne Arundel County because of our close relationship with the school system there. Um, but you really have to have a school that's passionate about financial literacy and then a teacher that is incorporating it into their curriculum um, to really want these students to cross the graduation stage being prepared to make real world decisions. Well, they really do need to. And, you know, another real life thing when my son graduated uh, college and he and he got a job and he was living in a you know for lack of a better word just a, a, a really crappy apartment just I think he was just inside the Baltimore city lines and it was not in a great neighborhood it wasn't a horrible neighborhood but it wasn't a great neighborhood but it, the rent was right for a, a college kid that was working part-time and you know my advice to him was not to buy the BMW because he his first job actually was very well paying. I said, don't buy the new BMW, continue to live in your, you know, your little crappy apartment for a little bit and save the money. And, you know, he did that for a couple of years and then he's moved on up a little bit closer to where he works and has a very nice apartment now. And he did get a car. He went and he bought a uh, somewhat reasonable, but it was new. It was a Nissan Altima. And, you know, and, and he got a little bit of a dose of that. I mean, he did it all on his own, the negotiation. He was stupid and bought the extended warranty. And I told him, go back and cancel that. And, you know, but they give me free oil changes. I said, no, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, but, you know, so, and, and again, this is stuff that I would have thought would have been, I don't know, instructed. So I think this is a great program that you can bring out to the schools to give these kids an idea of what real life may be about. Yeah. It sounds like you gave your son some great guidance and, I think we also see that there are some parents who are reluctant to talk to their kids about money, maybe because they're not comfortable themselves or they're avoiding the conversation altogether because it can be a detriment to their kids if they don't give the right advice. So making money that taboo issue can often lead to poor financial choices down the road and, um, teaching your children about money is just so important from the early ages. Um, we, we all know that, that children mimic their parents or their peers. And the studies are saying that by, by the time they're seven years old, they have formed some money habits by watching you swipe your credit card, you know, when you go out to dinner or the grocery store or arguing with a spouse about money. So Healthy um, habits and examples are more important to be addressed so that they follow it when they get older. I totally agree with that. And I, I did not get the financial literacy education I get when I was a kid. And I know that there were a lot of things that I had had to learn. I mean, I know when I was coming out of college, I worked in a bar, made probably $200 a night in cash for five nights a week. And it was great. I mean, I traveled, I ate out all the time and I tipped a lot of it away and everything else. And in hindsight, I could have probably bought the good portion of my first house in cash had I socked it away. Um, investing for the future. And, and that's just such a concept that's so far away for somebody that's 18 or 19 or 20 or 21 to sit there and think about retirement. The neat thing about it is that you can do it with so little and just, you know, obviously, there's probably some commercial or phrase with the compounding of interest and everything else, but you can turn around and take a $20 a week deduction out of the paycheck. And after, you know, 30 years, that's, that's significant. 
Yeah. And that's a really good point to, to start right from the beginning when they get their first job. It's money that you can choose to set aside without even realizing it's gone. Because if you tell yourself you'll do it in a year after you buy that shiny car or get that new condo you really wanted to live in rather than your parents' basement, you're probably going to forget to go back to your retirement plan or make that auto deduction. So um, at CQ, we really try and sit down with our members um, or anyone that reaches out to us and explain the importance of really starting at a young age um, from the first time you're getting that, that job. You know, there's there are still a lot of companies that are. I mean, pensions tend to be a thing of the past, it seems. But uh, they've, you know, there's 401k, there's lots of savings vehicles, and there's IRAs that you know you can contribute to as well if you can do that. I mean, I've always, again, tried to tell my kids, and it's difficult to do, and I try to do it myself. Is that if you know if you get a raise, try to you know splurge yourself a little bit on a little bit of it, but try to sock away a, a percentage of that and let that go to your savings and let that go to your retirement down the road because you've obviously survived on less money because you're still here. So just take a little bit more and just put it in there and, and just let it grow. Right. Specifically, you guys were talking about seven gift ideas and this is a, a perfect time because we've got everybody that I would say is graduating, but they would be graduating. And so they're probably all sitting in front of a television, watching some pre-recorded speeches and congratulations and music. Uh, it is graduation. It is a big, huge time for the class of 2020 and whether that's for high school or college to get out into the world and, you know, to give them a gift of financial literacy. You said you had, there were seven gift ideas. So, I mean, what, what are we talking about? Yeah. So one of the first things that I would mention that's pretty easy to do is to find a helpful finance book that offers basic personal finance knowledge. And on the inside cover of it, write a personalized note. So they can always look back to this book and remember the momentous and joyous occasion of their graduation and that you were someone who gave them some sound advice. So we do have some top um, reading recommendations, and I'm happy to list them off. But the first one is Aaron Lowry's Broke Millennial. Then we have Susan Knox's Financial Basics, a Money Management Guide for Students. And then two others I'd mention are um, Money Rules, The Simple Path to Lifelong Security by Jean Chassis and Carrie Siegel's Why Didn't They Teach Me This in School. So we um, have read those ourselves and we think those are great books to just take the time, write a personal note, hand it to the graduate, and once again, give them knowledge to start making those right financial decisions. Makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I wish I, again, as I said, when as I was young, I wish I had that information. How, uh, you know, stupid stuff. How do you, how do you invest? How do you, what is a stock? You know, what's, how do, how, how is that money? Yeah. And they might not have learned it in the classroom. So this is something that they truly need. Fantastic. Well, what, what else is on your, on your list? So something else I would tell you is to help jumpstart a recent graduate emergency fund. So they are not always tempted to dip into their emergency savings or swipe their credit cards. If you can give them some type of savings vestibule to put aside, we are now in this moment, the importance of emergency savings. We say it so much, save the money for a rainy day, but we are in that time right now where Emergency fund is a great gift to start them off with. How much would you say a, I mean, the conventional wisdom now is six months worth of living expenses. And that's, 
probably a, a real reach for most new graduates. Uh, it's probably a real reach for most people, period, uh, to have, okay, I can do nothing for six months and survive. What do you suggest? I mean, obviously, it's based on what you can afford, but what would yeah. you suggest? What would a what would a good number be for a student that's graduating in the work into the workforce today to try to have a goal for them to have for six months? So you always want to have in your savings three months worth of living expenses. So when something like a pandemic hits, or you're furloughed, or become unemployed, that you can cover your basic needs for ninety days. So. That might not be something that you can actually gift the graduate, but if you can contribute towards it, that is something that they should always remember and be thankful for. And by your basic needs, I mean, you're talking about your rent, your utilities, and your food. Yes. And transportation, I guess, if you need to get to work or to wherever you need to be there. Um, yeah, it's those those needs versus wants. So feeding yourself, having a roof over your head, and, and being able to get yourself around to your job. So sushi at that new new place is not on that list? No, even though it would be at the top of my <laughs> one. <laughs> so obviously your list right is now, a little no. bit different than others. So that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, that make that makes all all the sense in the world there for everybody. But um, anything else that we've got? Uh, one of the other things is designating a cash gift that could be used to create a retirement account. So we talked a little bit earlier about you know when you get your paycheck, putting money into your retirement account. But if you actually give them a cash gift that could be used to create that account, thanks to compound interest, this is the type of gift that will continue to grow well into their future. So it's definitely something to consider if you have the means to give that to a graduate. Anything that you cannot actually access until the time it's needed is something that is very safe to do so that that graduate doesn't think, oh, that money's there and I'm just going to go grab it to go get a nice dinner out or go on a spring break trip. Something that um, has a specific date or time frame that they can't access it until is very important. Right. Well, again, you know, again, another thing too is that, uh, you know, to quote the Shining movie, but all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And I would, I've said to my kids, I said, you know, when you, when you got that raise, okay, now that you're making the big bucks, you're in the workforce and everything else, when you go out to dinner, get a good bottle of wine, uh, you know, order, order a nice steak or whatever it may be, but don't be reckless with it. I mean, I've, I've gone to several steakhouses. There's one in Boston where I sat down by myself, literally missed a bus going to an event and he sat the check down at the end and it was like $140 just for me. And that was only like with one drink. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I could never eat here more than once. And, but it was great. I mean, I didn't feel ripped off. But it's important to splurge on yourself, too, to a degree, as long as you can do it responsibly. Yeah, I think we all work hard enough for our money. And as much as we're telling ourselves right now in the day that we're living to take care of yourselves as well as take care of others, it's the same thing with treating yourself. If you have the means to do so and you are working hard, it's okay to give yourself a pat on the back and, you know, buy something on your wants list or treat yourself to something nice. So I would absolutely 100% agree that as long as you have that budget in place, you're sticking to it and you know that you have a little bit of cushion to do something like that, go for it. Yeah, no, and another thing that I've always you know, try to tell my kids too, is to, you've got, you've got birthdays to spend money for. You've got Christmas, you've got gifts for your friends and, you know, your friend's going to get married or whatever may happen down the road. If you can budget that a little bit 
you know, throughout the year, whether it's, you know, maybe it'd be holiday gifts that you turn around and just say, okay, fine, I'm going to take, you know, a couple bucks a week and throw it into a tin can or into a bank, a separate bank account or something like that. I've got a friend of mine who does that too. He takes all of this change from whatever he buys, uh, comes home, empties his pocket of loose change and whatever dollars are in his pocket, throws it into a coffee can and come Christmas time, he's got all of his money for all of his Christmas gifts. Uh, probably not the most safe, you know, reasonable thing. I mean, that's sort of like the mattress, but, you know, putting the money in the mattress type thing, but that's his way of saving, you know, for that expense that he knows is coming down as opposed to just the unexpected one where it's like, okay, all of a sudden we're looking at a pandemic and all businesses are shut down and everything else. Yeah. Which actually a funny thing I tell my kids is let's use a clear jar because we can see how many coins are in it and how it's building up um, versus putting it in that colorful piggy bank with their name on it where they know they're dropping it in, but they can't really see it or set a goal for themselves. So um, that's just a little fun tidbit there. If you can do it with something that you can actually see it accumulating, it might be fun. That's, that's very smart. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a visual and you're looking at it every single day and you remember when it was an empty jar and now it's almost full. Right. And if you fill it, then you can go get that nice thing that you wanted to treat yourself to. That is right. Well, these, these tips, are they available online with you guys? We are going to post them on our website, um, cqmd.org, as well as our social media channels. We are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and Instagram. So we encourage your listeners to find us through those channels. Um, so, but I'm happy to help anyone at any time if they have any questions. Well, I, I've got a question for you and it's more general. Um, you mentioned that you're uh, have a foundation. So what does the CQ foundation do? I mean, okay. The, the bank and the branching, I, you know, I, I get that they, that's a, a bank branch and they do loans and mortgages and banking and everything else there, but what's the foundation do? Well, the heart of our mission at CQ, we have a desire to help. So three years ago we formed the CQMD foundation and committed ourselves to providing financial wellness, health, um, and education to our communities, as well as just being there for overall community development across Maryland. Um, so we, through the foundation, have been able to raise money for scholarships to support education systems across the state um, with donations during this pandemic to help them purchase technology for um, students who don't necessarily have the Chromebook they need to do the virtual learning. Sarah, you mentioned, you said scholarships with the foundations. What's, I mean, what are, what are you doing as far as scholarships go? The CQMD Foundation is proud to offer scholarships every year. So we actually just closed our applications, but in June, we will be awarding over $100,000 in scholarships to 26 students across the state of Maryland to help them with their financial bills throughout their college journey, whether they want to put it towards tuition or books or housing. It's just another thing we do to give back to the community. And a fact that I definitely want to share is we had a record number of applications this year. So over 830 students from across Maryland applied, which is more than double what we saw last year. Um, and it just goes to the point of how significant um, this pandemic has been and how scared and anxious it's making students right now. Well, college is not cheap any way you look at it. 
says the guy that just had three kids with the youngest just graduating last year. Um, and it, it's, it's a, it's a burden for parents. It's a burden for students. So that's, that's fantastic to be able to put out that kind of, um, that kind of money into a, into a scholarship fund. Now, are they, are they available strictly to any school that they're going to, or is it strictly Maryland schools? Our scholarships are open to CQ members, regardless of the institution that they are attending. So they do not have to be going to an in-state um, college, university, community college, trade school. Um, it can be anywhere in the United States that they are attending school, they can win a scholarship for. Wow. Good on you guys. Good on you guys. We are also um, making sure that we support our partners across Maryland with donations through Giving Tuesday Now um, and nonprofits that are really out there supporting the community. We have given over $40,000 in grants to them. The last thing I tell you that we're doing right now is we provided member grants. So every little bit helps. And we knew that our members were troubled during this time. So we challenged each of our members who were able to do so to donate a dollar. And then CQ did some match campaigns. The testimonials we've seen coming in and the impact that we truly feel the foundation is having across Maryland. It's so fulfilling to, um, to know that we are out there helping to make a change and like I said, put the heart back in banking and, and fulfill our mission of being there for Marylanders. Wow. 500 bucks. That's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I used to get like a toaster you know, <laughs> way, way back when you, but you talk, you talk about members and you need, need to be a, a member. I guess most banks call them customers, but what, what is the membership requirement to be able to work with CQ? So CQ was founded as the state employees credit union. And I'm glad you asked this because over the years, we have expanded our membership. So we work with over 2,000 bank at work partners, which essentially are companies across Maryland doing financial education presentations and becoming part of their onboarding process to teach them about the importance of saving when they do get that paycheck. So anyone who works for one of those companies across Maryland can then become eligible. If you have taken a single class at a University System of Maryland school or graduated from one of the institutions in the System of Maryland, you can become a member. We also have um, friends and family as a, as a channel you can join through or a donation to the CQMD Foundation allows you to become a member because we want to help as many Marylanders as possible. So, the, so our, our expansion for our membership field has grown. So does a community college in Maryland count as a state university? I mean, I've, obviously the university system has, you know, Towson, UMD, UMBC and all you know, Salisbury, Frostburg and all that. Do community yes. colleges? They do. So um, while they're not under that University System of Maryland bucket, we do have relationships with the community college across the state. So they are officially what we term bank at work partners and students, faculty, staff, family members of anyone attending them are eligible to join. That begs my next question is, is why do I want to do business with a, quote, credit union as opposed to uh, my lovely national, we don't want to do anything for you. I won't name any names because that would be indiscreet. <sighs> bank that sits up at the end of my road. So uh, 
you know, this is a really easy one for me to answer. I've been at CQ for over six and a half years. I've worked at some of the the big no names. Um, And what I can tell you is we truly care at CQ. We are here for our members and we want to learn your story. We want to know where you need help and where you excel. And we want to give sound financial advice to make sure that you are prepared for anything that is thrown your way and any financial decisions you will have to make throughout your life. So whether it's buying your first car or saving for college education or building a dream home or figuring out what age you want to retire or can retire, these are things that CQ wants to have that in-depth conversation and recommend the right products and services to help you get there. And beyond the actual member conversations, um, we are giving so much back to Marylanders. So we are proud to be able to do that and to support so many people, um, which is why the credit union is is really a great place to, to come for all of your banking needs. We have the same products and services as the big banks. We are known for our member service, um, and we make all of our decisions here locally. Wow. Okay. So this is not made out in Charlotte, North Carolina, or you guys, I got to, got to say, you also have a big old uh, stadium up there at Towson. That's the Just CQ a little Arena. stadium <laughs> called CQ Arena. Yeah. So. I, I've been there for two graduations and uh, a basketball game. And it's a, it's a nice, uh, fairly new arena for you guys, isn't it? I mean, you got naming rights on that. What about three or four years ago? So we are actually in year seven of our partnership with Towson University. And it just goes to show you our commitment to young adults and being on campus there with them and interacting with the faculty and staff and and meeting so many families and students in the CQ arena as they have, you know, 300 plus events happening there a year. We've gone through this conversation. It seems to me that you are an organization that is willing to get a hold of somebody when they have nothing and need all the education they need uh, coming right out of high school or right out of college and can guide them through this financial craziness we call life uh, all the way through, you know, retirement and beyond, whether it be the purchase of a house or a car. Or, uh, do you get into investing and and sort of wealth management type things at CQ as well? Um, CQ plans to have investment services within the coming months. We um, have been preparing to offer that to our members and be able to go more in depth with their investment needs. And it is currently um, taking place behind the scenes, and we look forward to launching that. So this is this is really a potentially could be a lifetime relationship that's established at the point of graduation from high school or college to somebody that's provided that they you know, pretty much hang out in Maryland. I don't think living in Alaska, I'm going to be doing too much banking with CQ Maryland, but that's uh, I could be. You- you could if you want to. Everything's online now, right? Technology's <laughs> taken us so far. <laughs> that's, a, that's absolutely true. Touche. Touche there. This is great. And um, what is, give me one tip. You've got all this background of yourself in banking. Before we got recording, you did say that you had some kids of your own. What is the best piece of advice you're going to give your kid when they walk out that door at age 18 or 22 or 21 or whenever it is, financial advice that mom in the banking industry can give them? You know, I'm going to tell my kids and I try and stress that focus on what's in your power to change. So making sure that they have a monthly budget, remaining disciplined and following it and understanding 
how much money they have coming in versus how much they're spending. Because I want them to know the importance of prioritizing um, and truly evaluating their needs and wants in life. That sounds like a perfect answer. They're like young right now, but yeah. I hope they take it to heart. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's true. And I, again, I'll go back to what I wish I had learned is, uh, you know, again, you know, credit usage. Um, back back in the days, Sears, a Sears card was the most profitable line of product that Sears sold. And I mean, you, you could buy $18 million worth of stuff and you have a $12 a month payment. And it was just, you know, unfortunately, at one point I got way overwhelmed and in credit card debt. And it, it was tough to get out. I mean, you know, to turn around and rebuild your credit. And it's it's very important to effectively manage your money. And I think this is a you know great advice to anybody that's getting started. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, Sarah Ryan from CQ Maryland, the head of community outreach, because I don't remember the big, huge, long name that starts on the front of your business card and wraps around to the back. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh, thank you for the gift ideas. And they're, they're great. I mean, they make some a lot of sense to, uh, you know, a finance book to help jumpstart, you know, a fund and really get the kids on the, you know, on the right track to financial literacy. Thank you so much for having me on today. We and, are truly committed. So we're happy to help answer any questions once people listen to this. And you can find out all sorts of information about what CQ offers, about the programs for savings or investments coming down the line or anything else at CQMD.org. And that's S-E-C-U-M-D. Org. Sarah Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you so much. This has been an update from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Twitter at ionanapolis. And be sure to subscribe to our daily news brief podcast, which is delivered every Monday through Friday to your phone or device at 7 a.m.